two, three, four. In this podcast, you will only hear Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader, includes but is not led to who talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song, but hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. Crystal Fox reports they are divided. For equal sequel, hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired. And their time is up, so here's the Knights of Vader. Most impressive. A big thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is July 30th, 2019. My name is Zach Weber, and joining me is only Zenger. Oh, there's not another one of me here? No, I mean, only there you. Is. There's, there's no R&R. Oh. oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. We lost no, the R's uh, this week. <laughs> no, uh, no, um... Oh man, you got to buy all those railroads. What were they on the Star Wars? Because I had Star Wars Monopoly as a kid. I was trying. I'm trying to remember what they are. Do I have Star Wars Monopoly? I, I might mean, they've have done Star different Monopoly. ones, but I mean the other one. Oh man, I gotta look that up. Um, totally derailed our. Do you, oh man, tons of um, train references. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Knights of Vader, a train enthusiast podcast. We're part Star Wars, part train enthusiasts. We hit that niche right in the middle. Yes, for the for that one person that's like, finally, my calling. <laughs> and it's coincidentally listened to the Star Wars podcast without trains, just holding out the hope after all these years that one day, one day they'll get to the train references. And we got there for you. Congrats. It's Christmas morning now for that one person. I'm so happy for them. Their life is fulfilled. The they can turn the podcast now off forever. <laughs> There goes that one download. There, back there. down to six a week. Oh. Yeah, yeah. All right, but as you can tell by the title of this week's episode is Sith Troopers and their connection to the Rise of Skywalker and a bunch of other philosophical ramblings about the Rise of Skywalker. We did, I think, a bunch of these for Solo. I don't think we did that many for The Last Jedi back in 2017, but it's one of our favorite pastimes of Knights of Vader is just going through trying to make things up as we go along, see how right we are. And I think we kind of like almost did our first plot prediction for this back in like what November Zanger where we yeah, were like discussing um, Ray's lightsaber. We kind of also went on about um, a little bit when the trailer came out too. Oh yeah. That, that episode, the sweet, sweet gold of that trailer yep. episode. And that, and that star destroyer. Oh. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I think you're right now. Unfor- unfortunately, I have uh, to see it is, it has come that. out. It has come out. The, the truth is there. Now we're both going to be wrong somehow. No, I don't think so. I think I cuz okay, we'll get to some of the plot of that. Yes, all yes. right. All right, Zanger, so I have a question to ask you among many this episode. Do we need to put a spoiler warning for conjecture? I'm going to say yes. Okay, I just go, because in that off chance that we're right somehow. Oh wait, okay, or, but how do? We, okay, Zenger, how do you sit there again? I think there's, I, okay, there's this weird thing going on in the Star Wars fandom right now, and I think it's more it's narcissistic to put a spoiler warning in front of something of conjecture. Like it's like you don't know. Like that's and I'm not saying it to you, Zenger. I'm saying it toward the star, the professional Star Wars fandom. Yeah, like tell how, it to them. 
It's like, I how do you... I deja vu just there. Good, good, good. Because chances are I've probably already gone through this rant at some point. I... Whether it be on mic or off mic. And I think that, that follow-up was there, too. Wow, yeah. this is... This is getting eerie. This is getting spooky. Mm. Um, but no, the, my point being is that like I don't know how you can claim a spoiler warning if you have if what you're saying you have no idea if it's right or wrong. That is uh, plus if you don't want something spoiled for you, why would you listen to a predictions episode? Well, people are stupid. Like I think that's just not like, not the listeners of this show are are not. No, of course not. No, not, they, no. they are they are genius individuals who would never be called that. I'm pretty sure we've disenfranchised any of those people. At There's this point. the word people drink. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, like I, that's the thing I think is weird, though, because there are some aspects that I do think that we're going to be on the ball with. But considering that maybe like six people I, on the okay, entire planet no spoil- actually know what this movie looks like, no I spoiler. Think- because I, I do agree, it sounds e- e- egotistical. It sounds really, like, because I'm, like, thinking now, I'm like, wow, that that does sound really arrogant to say that. Yes, it does, because it's the idea that, like, oh, I know so much, and then when you're, well, okay, and one of my things is that if you are going to sit there put a spoiler warning, then you should have to issue a retraction for everything that you get wrong. Which, I'm never wrong, so that would be very hard to do. <laughs> they just but change get- the movie. <laughs> Right. But again, folks, none of this is being addressed to Zanger. It's being addressed to the fandom at large. With that being said, what do you want out of it as an individual, as Zanger? And at the same time, I have to ask you, what do you think Disney what do you think Disney wants out of this? In the sense of like, yes, they want to make a ton of money. That goes without saying though. But how does Disney want to conclude as of now the Star Wars saga? I, I don't want to say this because I feel like it's not something I, that should be said here. But I, I feel like this is going to slowly turn into us discussing um, Endgame to an extent. Well, everything comes back. Well, yes, a little bit, but not really. Because I thought Endgame was going to set up more stuff. And as of right now, it really hasn't per se. I mean, it's it's there's a lot of stuff going on in the MCU, but it wasn't like a setup, and that's why I almost feel Star Wars has to do with this. But I feel like that would be robbing the fans of a true movie. Well, what that, do you mean by that, though? Like, you mean like Rise of Skywalker is going to be similar to Endgame in that it's not going to set things up going forward? No, I think I, that would I be agree a, with you in that sense. I I don't want them to because I think this whole. The new trilogies, other stuff like that. I think that needs to become its own thing and doesn't need to play off of something else because the original Star Wars didn't play off of other stuff. It 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 was its own thing, its own creation. And it's and it didn't I mean, yes, stuff was set up later on off of it, but but yeah. All right. But what do you I, want I mean, in this I, movie? I, I say all that and it kind of comes down to me going, I want closure. To a a saga that has gone, but not like complete closure, like closure to I guess the Palpatine storyline, the Skywalker storyline. But but okay, I guess my my question is to you: What Ray kind of not clo- to be a Skywalker? I mean, but, but I mean closure. What kind of closure do you want? Do you want Revenge of the Sith closure, where everything ties up neatly in a nice bow? Or do you want Return of the Jedi closure where, okay, Palpatine gets thrown down 
down the energy shaft. Vader's dead. Celebration on Endor. Q crimes. I want Return of the Jedi closure because that left the door open. Did anyone did run through that door? Technically, books, movies, and other stuff did. Add, I mean, technically, books, comics, and other media did. Movies, of course, did later. But I, 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 I like for Star Wars to exist. I want it to still be a thing. But it's, I don't know, this is such a complicated thing because Star Wars has become such a complicated thing. But that's the thing, though. Is I, Star Wars is complicated only because we make it complicated. Marvel, again, I don't want to get too far into Marvel, though, because you brought up I don't feel bad. Marvel is its own thing. Because Marvel, the bane of Marvel's existence is continuity. Well, not continuity. It's interconnected. I guess interconnected continuity. Star Wars has always been, for the most part, and forget forget the books. Ninety nine percent of the, the, the population does not know the books or the comics or the TV shows. Th- that's that's kind of a non issue when you're talking about the the filthy casuals in the audience. But I think Star Wars is always okay. This is okay. Let me rephrase it. Okay, I want to rephrase this. Is that I was? I think it was a couple of weeks ago on John Justice's My Nerd, Nerd, eh, My Nerd World by his new book, Embark Two: Treasure of Darkness, or at least that's what I think it's called. I think it just came out today. Giving John a shout out, free publicity. Um, he had a question that he posed to his audience that really got me thinking. It was very provocative, and it's the sort of thing we need more of in the Star Wars fandom. And it was, what is the sequel trilogy about? Now, I, I kind of took a step back from that and I said, wow. I said, what is what? the sequel trilogy about? Mystery. Mystery box. Oh, crap. I've forgotten. The mystery box was going to be a guest, too. <laughs> That's one of the personas of Zenger, the mystery box? Yes, the mystery box. I had a joke and I can't remember it now. Oh, well. well. I'll figure it out it, later. It's, the joke is lost in the mystery box. That's what happens. It's kind it's, of like a, it's, it's, it's a exactly, black hole of creativity. It, it is. But no, getting back to the point, though. Is that I was thinking about that and like, okay, if we're going to try to figure out what the sequel trilogy is about, you have to wonder what is the what is the thesis of the original trilogy? Who is what Snoke? Is, no, no. Shh, oh. shh, shh. what is the prequel trilogy about? And Vader. I think, Lost. well, well, hate. fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. Yes. The thesis of the original trilogy, and I've said numerous times on here, is that you have to understand Star Wars, and this is pre-Disney, you have to look at what's going on during George Lucas's life. And the original trilogy is about the son redeeming the crimes of the father. And I think most people, whether they like it or not, would have to agree that is kind of the, the point of the original trilogy. The, son, the, the father has committed horrible atrocities, and it's the son that finds him salvation, or at least leads him to the path of salvation and redemption. Then you look at the prequel trilogy, and you go, what is that about? By the time that Lucas made the, or was making the prequel trilogy, he was a father. He now understood what his own father went through when he was being raised and he no longer sees his father as the villain that he did in his youth hence why darth vader goes from being a villain to becoming a tragic hero lucas now has stepped into the shoes of the position that he attacked and blamed his father for and that's why basically vader's entire character fundamentally i don't want to say changes but maybe evolves from one trilogy to the other in that Vader, it's about, again, original trilogy is about the redemption of the father, and the prequel trilogy is understanding the father's fall from grace. 
So you go to the sequel trilogy. Now that Lucas is involved, in a way, this question falls apart because you have a completely separate creative team helming these movies, whereas before you had one madman. Now you have an executive suite that micromanages every detail. And if they don't like the way you fold your socks, you're out. I, I don't appreciate the term madman. I prefer mad men. I, I watched that show with great anticipation. Do you see yourself as a type of John Ham like person, Mr. Lucas? Yes, I imagine myself many times sitting in chairs. <laughs> Do you smoke cigarettes? No. It's a dirty habit. What, that what, Quentin what, what Tarantino fella got, and, and he asked to see people's feet, and I just was not approving of that. <laughs> Told him to get away from my movies. <laughs> That's a weird thing that happens in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There's so many foot shots in that movie. You know what? I haven't seen it yet, but I was gonna, if, if you had, I was gonna ask how many foot shots is it, it isn't it, and um, behind the scenes, I haven't recorded this week's Zygnus yet, so um, when Eric's on, I know he saw it, so I will be like, how many feet scenes are in that sh- movie? It's not uh, a lot. No, it's not ones a lot that of, don't make sense. That the, they, they got to be just shoved in there, and it's like no, oh, they all fuck? they all make sense. It's just that he lingers on them a lot. Like there's a like there's a, I, I guess uh, again spoiler alert <laughs> for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, do, do, do I need to with the Quentin Tarantino character? No, please don't. We don't. We don't want. I don't want that character on the show. Um, good luck trying to do him either as like an impersonation. I, it's it's just I. <sighs> See, I made the joke that I want to do Spielberg. It's just over the top, like, just spastic. I told you, I but, told you how to do Spielberg. But, All you have to do is put on a baseball cap. Okay, but I feel like, I, I don't know if this actually got recorded, because I feel like it didn't, but Spielberg's just, I feel Owen Wilson with me wearing a baseball cap, and just he just goes, wow, this is really an impressive movie. That it's just such a bland thing. So Quentin Tarantino would just be like, ah, "I got an idea for a movie. Um, we're gonna we're gonna shoot it, and it's gonna be from multiple angles and feet. How do I get feet to the scene? Um, they're wearing sandals. He de- no 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 Zanger. That's fundamental mistake number one. He does not have them wear sandals. It is bare feet. But that I man gotta likes convince- feet. No 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 no. I gotta convince my actors to wear sandals so then when I tell them to take off the sandals, it won't be weird. <laughs> <laughs> because being weird is the, his highest priority. <laughs> there we go. I, I finally I, I got it. There's there's my Quentin Tarantino it's just me suddenly going crazier. <laughs> this is Zenger's like tight five for the comedy club. He's just gonna <laughs> give him this entire podcast to the uh, producer of the of the comedy store. <laughs> yes, he yes, has the comedy store where you go to buy jokes. Back to the Rise of Skywalker and, and what the sequel trilogy is about. The sequel trilogy, I think, and again, this is my own perspective on this. I think it's the past being reconciled with the future. That's what my answer to that question would be. What is the sequel trilogy about? It's about the past and the present working together in harmony. But, and I think but if you have to. No, no, because I think as you look at the Force Awakens, and then look at The Last Jedi. Like The Force Awakens is a very nostalgic movie that's steeped in the past. And The Last Jedi, even though The Last Jedi pays homage to a lot of things in the original trilogy, it's a movie concerned about pushing things forward. It's about taking Star Wars out of its comfort zone. And I think The Rise of Skywalker is going to be a blend of these two things. I think there's going to be, it's inescapable, there's going to be things from 
the past of Star Wars that are going to play a heavy influence in the film. Cough, Palpatine, cough. Yet at the same time, though, all the leaks and stuff of that ilk that I've read on Reddit, I'm inclined to believe that the film's not going to be as much as a ripoff of Return of the Jedi as one would just normally surmise with a J.J. Abrams working on a third film in a Star Wars trilogy. Hmm. <laughs> the one time he's quiet, folks. The one time he's quiet. But with that being said, though, I do want to delve into more specific things that are on Reddit and the spoiler leaks page. And I, there's a actually a link to it in the show notes. There's a Google Docs Rise of Skywalker spoiler board where somebody um, user can't even pronounce it. Oh, a Twitter crap. user at somebody who I can't pronounce. What Zanger? We, we could have Judge Zinger on to, to, to deem worthiness of these. No, no. He wasn't included in the writer's room. Oh, okay. That's your own fault, buddy. You include him. He he like he forgot his bus pass. He's sitting. He he's kind of like kicking a tin can down the road in frustration. <laughs> Perfect. First, before we delve into anything specific from the Reddit page, I want to just kind of give my own perspective on as to how I see the Rise of Skywalker unfolding. And considering that I do, I have called. You know, I got a bunch of things wrong with Solo. My track record is not impeccable, but I did get a couple things right, like. Infamously in The Last Jedi, I got that Rey and Kylo Ren were going to fight back-to-back, like Obi-Wan and Mace Windu in Attack of the Clones. He, he, he holds on to this desperately, people. Just let him have it. But I have... Uh, no, I've got other ones, right? Like I also called that she get the, the Anakin Luke Skywalker lightsaber back. I said that, too. At the end of that episode, we talked about Rey's lightsaber in episode 9. I said, oh, dear Lord, JJ's go." I think we discussed it for like 90 minutes. As an afterthought, I threw it in saying, oh, no. JJ's going to give her the exact same lightsaber repaired. I got and that right. As of the trailer, you are correct. And some toys. Yes. Bingo. This is what I'm looking at. Because there's a lot of debate. And we never discussed it so far on the podcast. But we haven't talked about Sith Troopers. Because they weren't available yet. Or they, ki- uh, they were in that poster. Well, we talked about them a little bit, though. But since but, in the last we like, two, three weeks... One- 100% on what they were. We just had an image of a red stormtrooper, which yeah, I think but, we speculated. But Yeah, but since then, though, they, they formally announced at San Diego Comic-Con that they are, in fact, Sith Troopers because there was a deluge of merchandise available with them on it. Perfect. <laughs> now he's quiet, folks. When we start delving into the topic, and you can't just start like pulling like comedy bits out of his hat. I'm working on my Type 5. For the comedy store, the sales, it's... It's sale week, and I gotta make sure to get my product in there. <laughs> All right, beat so, this horse till it's dead. <laughs> clearly, um, no. But going back to the Sith troopers, is that sorry? Sorry, let me repeat that. I'm gonna beat this tauntaun till it's dead. Good lord! Uh, oh, good lord! Zenger, Zenger can't stay on topic. It's funny. Zenger on Zegnus stays 100 percent on topic. He gets on here, and he's like topic because I have to F be that. the. I have to be the anchor to that series. Next time I'm on Zegnus, I'm gonna I'm just gonna bring up everything but the topic and force you to. I'm gonna bring up Star Wars constantly on Zegnus next time. Oh yeah, actually, since we discussed what you probably be on for, please do that. Ruin your own moment. Every moment, every time I'm on Zegnus is my moment. <laughs> wow, <laughs> is that phrase? I don't know how to take this. <laughs> oh dear, uh, but no Sith Troopers. 
Yeah. Zenger, do you have anything, any insights about the Sith Troopers, or are you going to make some joke about them being right? I mean, can, can I point out the fact that if that Star Destroyer does have a red stripe on it, it would make sense that the Troopers are red, and that's actually a Sith Star Destroyer in and, atmosphere. And... <laughs> On the visual dictionary cover, there's a new TIE fighter called a TIE dagger, and it has red fringed wings. Mm, yes, it seems like red's kind of a thing that they're highlighting stuff with. Don't sound so crazy now, do I there, Zach? Mm-hmm. I told you, I can see that it's an Imperial Star Destroyer. I told you, I, I, I still think it's weird that everything's red, but... Whatever. Well, it's I, to distinguish the Sith I, bad guys from the First Order bad guys. I know. I get it. I get it. But I'm going... Okay, so I have a rather... I don't want to say complex, but intricate theory about the Rise of Skywalker. And I'm going to humbly ask Zenger to keep all of his comments and interjections until the end. Is that all, all right, right, Zenger? That is fine. Um, since you're going into your great conspiracy, though, I do warn you, there is two people on standby that are both wearing tinfoil hats for some reason. Okay, I'm going to ask them as well to maybe put the tinfoil in their mouth until I'm done talking. Um, Star Jones, Starman Jones is currently chewing it viciously. That has to hurt anyone who has fillings. <laughs> okay. So with that being said... Oh, God, he swallowed some. <laughs> okay, Zanger's going to go make a sandwich right now or go get a drink. And when he comes back, then he can interject. So... Rise of Skywalker. We have Sith Troopers. Sith Troopers are red. Uh, they have a Phase 2 Clone Trooper helmet-type design, but they have the body armor that's akin to more First Order-type Stormtrooper armor. And if you if you follow the leaks and s- rumors and stuff, there's kind of like a debate going down between whose loyalty do these Sith Troopers belong to? Because Jason Ward at Making Star Wars has said numerous times over and over again, they are loyal and file the command of Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren. But there's the, there's also the theory of they're Sith troopers. We know Palpy plays some role in this film. If they're Sith troopers, and Kylo Ren said in the last movie, let the past die, kill if you have to, no more Jedi, no more Sith, why would he be in command of something that he doesn't agree with on a f- ideological fundamental level. And so that got me thinking. And there's a couple there's a couple of theories I have on this. And some of them kind of conflict with each other. I haven't reconciled them completely yet. So my first theory is and I don't think it's right, but I'm just going to put it out there because I think it makes sense in my head, but I don't think it makes sense in, in connection to all the other rumors and stuff that are out there. What if Kylo Ren has these Sith troopers and he's using them as a means, as a, a kind of like a personal army to hunt down and wipe out. Or it's kind of like foot soldiers of of Palpatine and just elements of the past that he wants to erase. I know a lot of people are going back to again that last scene or to that scene in the Last Jedi where he says again, enough Jedi, enough Sith. Like let's cut this all out. And if you tie that into what kylo ren is doing during the force awakens we don't really bring up the fact that kylo ren is on jakku in the beginning of force awakens and tying into all the stuff that's happening and potentially happening in the rise of skywalker and what i mean by that is why was kylo ren going to lore senteca and the church of the force people on jakku like yes he has the map of skywalker though 
But why why were the Church of the Force people there? Why were they there? That that's there seems like there would be a reason why those group would be there if they are so highly attuned to the Force. And or the will of the Jedi, considering that the very first line of the Force Awakens is uh, this will begin to make things right. Without the Jedi, there'll be no balance in the in the galaxy. So what if Kylo Ren, his entire purpose is to wipe out both the good and the bad? In the sense of if you go back to something like the Mortis trilogy of the Clone Wars, in that he is gonna be considered that he is part of the Skywalker lineage, he's there to balance both the dark side and the light. He's the one in the middle. What if that's who Kylo Ren Ben Solo is supposed to be? He's going to be someone like the Bendu. He's going to be the one that balances on both ends. And I don't know how exactly that's going to play out. Because um, clearly that under that theory that I just proposed, that means he'd have to wipe out both Rey and Palpatine. Which clearly, <laughs> there's not going to be a scene. I, I know for uh, 100% certainty that there's not going to be a scene in this where uh, Kylo Ren does something bad to Rey. That's just not going to happen. But it's the idea that I think Kylo Ren, as we look back at the sequel trilogy, once the Rise of Skywalker is out, I think we're going to see him as a anti-hero protagonist of this series. Something akin to like Magneto from X-Men. He's not going to be... Uh, hundred uh, percent good guy by no means, but I think he's going to be an anti-hero with motivation, maybe not actions, but with motivations that are understandable to the audience and what he's trying to accomplish. All right, Zenger. Well, you've unloaded a lot. I this goes fundamentally against my belief in how the Force works and how the movies I feel have established how the Force works. Last Jedi showed us that the Force is something that exists and that, like, there are more people finding and using the Force again. That's why I think the whole wipeout thing is not something that's going to happen because how are you supposed to wipe it out? It's something that will persist and that will work. As we saw in Rogue One, the Force is a very present thing there of just being something that is spoken about. And obviously, I think that everyone was sort of being kind of protected and guided by the force, knowing it or not during that final battle, because it seems like everyone got to do what they needed to do to get the next thing to happen. And then kind of after that, their luck ran out immediately. And as we know, there's no such thing as luck in the, in star Wars. No, I think you're correct. And that's why, again, I want, again, folks, Zenger is on this podcast because he can have constructive criticism or replies. It's just the fact that I kind of like, I'm like, I'm waiting for him to give me that. Then we just start kind of like, like spewing Alex Jones nonsense. And it's like, oh no, I kind of like I'm, play off that. I'm, I, I keep it reeled in ish. No, you don't. I know I don't. We've recorded um, for like 40 minutes. Hasn't been reeled in until now. Okay. As for the Sith troopers, they are a weird combination of somewhat first order, but also somewhat old stormtroopers. Well, clone troopers. So that's why, and they also got these weird like lines cut into their armor everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this might just be me, but the way they were displayed, maybe this is me over reading this is they're displayed along with Imperial troopers while the First Order ones are at the very end. What do you mean by that? There's a display I'm looking at that came from San Diego Comic-Con where they were revealed, where it's got, like, Scout Trooper, Storm Trooper, TIE Pilot, Death Trooper, 
and then it has the Sith Trooper, then it has, like, Shore Trooper, and then there's some other Trooper in a black outfit. I can't really see because it's farther down the line, but... Oh, wait, those might be all the First Order ones at the end there. But it's it's centered in the middle, which probably is just for show, but at the same time, it's kind of more articulated with the other Stormtroopers. Mm. Like, from classic... Um, I guess from uh, original flavor <laughs> empire. Yeah. I know what you mean. So I don't, I, I feel like there, there's something, uh, the whole Kylo Ren being involved with them is something. It's like, why didn't we see them before? Why are they? Cause it just feels like they're part of something new. Well, that's the thing is that in the last like 48 hours, Jason Ward at making star Wars put out a story and I'm going to read from it now to make sure that Perfect. I get hundred percent. Yes. I want to make sure that I get it right. I'll link to it in the show notes. The name of the article is The Sith Fleet, The Super Weapon, and What It Means in the Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And he basically goes through an entire thing. And he goes, for a while now, us Star Wars fans have been reading about hearing what's out in the unknown regions and the beyond. What that means has been kind of a mystery and part of the fun of the sequel trilogy era. Now today I have some pretty interesting rumors, blah, 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 blah. The Sith Stormtroopers have been hidden away in the unknown regions, the beyond. Is apparently hellish in those areas. The universe is not entirely stable. The area is dangerous and full of peril. Since Emperor Palpatine's death, the fleet has been dodging gravity wells and surviving in the wilderness of space in the unknown regions, waiting to be found and to finish their mission. This is why... Okay, there's something else coming in about Kylo Ren and, and the device, but we'll get to that in a moment. So what I think it is, is that from what, again, what Jason Ward's alluding to... And I wouldn't be surprised considering that the Sith Troopers now are 100% confirmed for factual. That's what their name is. This is no longer conjecture. Is that, Zenger, do you remember back during the original Thrawn trilogy? Did you ever read that? I know the story. I never read it, like, pay, okay. like everything about okay, it, Okay, but, but, but you know, okay. The, for those of you who don't know, though, the plot of that was Grand Admiral Thrawn wants to bring the Empire back, but not for like evil space wizard reasons. <laughs> blah 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 blah. He wants to bring. He wants basically. He wants some level of a kind of like rule over the galaxy, but kind of again more reined in. And what he does in order because he needs a bunch of capital ships, and so according to Star Wars or according to lore of that era, there was the Katana fleet. I think it was called the Katana fleet. And there was this, they were this kind of like Clone Wars era armada of ships that were left and out. The Thrawn trilogy was written before the Clone Wars. Yes. I mean, the early 90s. Sorry. Yeah. Before the prequel trilogy. So it was yes. something. Okay. Just, I'm, is, ju I'm just establishing. Sure. I am establishing for the person listening who might not know this and also to reassure myself that I am factually right on something. Sanger's My ego is fine now. Sanger's doing that thing where he's like, "Well, I know what you're talking about, though, but just I need you, I, I'm just repeat it for me out loud." Well, well, of course I know what you're talking about, but let's let's go over it one more time for the people listening. You're yes. welcome. He wanted to make sure I knew. That's why he wants me to say it out loud. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I was testing you. Bingo. So I think. That's what they're doing with this. They're pulling, if it's true, based on what again, who knows? I don't know who knows how right or wrong Jason Ward is, but based on what he's telling us, it seems like there is a imperial fleet in the unknown regions 
that's just waiting for someone in charge to show up. And I don't know how you have an armada of ships that's been floating out in the ether for 30 years and nobody knew where they were there. Like Jason Ward even brings up, he says, I don't know how they could even survive for that long without any sort of resources. Unless the whole point of this was that Palpy knew something bad was going to happen to him on the Death Star in Return of the Jedi. And the plan was set in motion alongside something like Operation Cinder. Or maybe this is going to be somehow linked to Operation Cinder. That's maybe I mean. Operation Cinder was to cover up them moving these this mass amount of troops. Or maybe some other maga- <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, but that's my thing, though, is that you, you, you know where I'm getting at, right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're tying it all in. Not they're tying it all in. They're pulling from something else. They're pulling from the original Thrawn trilogy in that there's an ar- there's an armada of ships. And if you go back to your original Thrawn trilogy knowledge, Thrawn found this armada of ships because both the New Republic and the Imperial Remnant were looking for these. Thrawn found them first. But the problem is that Thrawn didn't have enough people to man these ships. And what he needed to do was create he created a clone army. But the problem is that there was something, something, and it's been a few years since I've read those Thrawn books, is that the clones were kind of like unstable. So who so okay, okay, I need to stop you there. Okay. As opposed to the completely sane and stable clones we got in the series. Well, they were sane for the most part. Yeah, emotionally stable, not really. I had to watch episode after episode of them talking about their feelings. Well, that's the problem. There's no one there to talk about their feelings with, so they're unstable. <laughs> okay. Except for each other. And it just, it just, es- oh my gosh, it's how it escalated. <laughs> See, they start putting red armor on. There's murdering people left and right. It's horrible. That, that wasn't paint. That wasn't paint. I'm going to be clear. <laughs> that's not paint. <laughs> they bathe their armor in the blood of their enemies, which is each other. Oh, God. See, that's what happens folks when you have an emotional uh, release. <laughs> you start wearing red star and trooper armor. Uh, but no, I think that's what they're getting out with this. That, that's where they're going from. But there's more to the Jason Ward article that I already referenced. And uh, continuing on, this is why Kylo Ren needs to find the Wayfinder device. And a uh, quick pause. This is a new term now when a it comes to... Wayfinder? Wayfinder. 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 Not like, Wayfinder. Way. Like, 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 which like, way like, am I going? Okay. Okay. Not wayfinders in like a wave on the ocean. Because I was no. like, oh, she, he needs to find uh, Moana. Oh my God. All these jokes. Cut it out. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly was clarifying and then I turned it into a joke. Of so, course well. you did. Well, God, okay, Robert Downey Jr., your check's in the mail. <laughs> we'll back up the Brinks truck once you sit there get home. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> By, by, the, by the way, just for future reference, there will be an episode I'm not on, but I will be mentioned constantly. <laughs> you happy now? Yes, you happy I'm very now? happy I got that sly Spider-Man Far From Home reference in there. Oh my god. Alright, the fleet... Okay, this is why Kylo Ren needs the Wayfinder device. And again, for the record, this, this is a new term. Never heard this before, either in Star Wars canon or in rumors for the Rise of Skywalker. Why couldn't they have used like the co- like a compass or something like like something that's been established in the lore before? Well, we don't know. We don't know what this is. This is all again. This is all kind of like just rumors floating out of the ether. Who knows what it's actually going to be come December? 
The fleet is the key Kylo Ren needs to unlike unlock Palpatine's legacy. Kylo gets this device from an alien that looks like a spider with an infant's face. Ugh. Okay, with an infant's face that acts as an oracle. This Ugh, is sort this of getting a, worse. This is sort of Pandora's box for Kylo Ren. It seems as if he thinks he's getting himself something powerful that answers to him. But Palpatine is not so willing to share his toys with anyone. Palpatine's contingency plans weren't to make sure Darth Vader's grandson received his inheritance. The Red Sith Stormtroopers, which belong to Palpatine, are hidden away inside a massive fleet. Probably as a final act, so upon his resurrection, he could dominate the universe once more. However, the Death Star 2 wasn't Palpatine's last project. These Star Destroyers are equipped with planet-destroying weapons like the one on the Death Star itself. Mm-hmm. So, with uh, A, oh god, again, the idea that we're having more Death Star tech is just, it's sickening. But, oh, no, 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 we're going to have that great scene where, um, where Finn points that out. Oh, it's more Death Star tech. But it's Death Star tech we've never seen before. Yes, and actually... I'm, I'm going to point this out. We have seen this before. There was a, a Star Destroyer in Legends canon that had a... Planet-destroying weapon on it, right? Yeah, it had a giant freaking dish in the middle of it. It Basically, take a Star Destroyer, put a giant... Like, take, like... The radar like, dish from the Death Star. Yeah, and then just kind of cram it in the middle of it. And then cut <laughs> off the front half. We can only hope we get that again. There, 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 I'm sure this has been posted in our forums or something. Because I've seen this image pop up on one of our yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. You type in like and, Star and, and Wars course, super weapons. It shows and up. of course, it is, it is an in-atmosphere one. But do I accept it? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. <laughs> oh, God. But no. So I guess the question is with the, the Sith Stormtroopers. Is that... They're actually robots. Again, more of a joke. No, no, no. That's how they oh. can survive. That's how they're robots. I mean, I, I highly doubt that. Oh, actually, actually, you know what? I got to take that back. There's a very oh. interesting. It's, it's funny you bring that up. If you look in the, the Vanity Fair article, a caption for one of the pictures, there's it's the one where Finn and Jana are riding Orbacks, the horse creatures, not the dead actor Jerry Orbach. And in what the caption, would get that reference. No, no, somewhere Rob is like just like like out of excitement, just threw a chair out a window. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think somewhere Rob's cheering right now. That may alarm. I, I, I hope someone was in the chair at the time. No, that's your stick, younger to be throwing chairs with people in them. <laughs> that is true. But getting back to that though, the caption for that picture said, "Finn and Jana fight." The mechanized forces of the First Order. <sighs> so that means they are First Order. Well, no, we don't know. It says the mechanized forces of the First Order. What does that mean? Like, I even went to, like, MiriamWebster.com and, like, tried to figure out, like, all the definitions for mechanized. And think about it. For the most part, the First Order does not have a mechanized army. Like, Stormtroopers are organic beings but when they say mechanized forces what sort of context is that like what sort of droids 
that, that that's what you'd think when you're looking at it in a Star Wars sense. You know, I said that as as a half a joke, half being serious. And now I'm like, I might have been onto something. Well, I'm trying to think though. It's like if you look at Palpatine, and Palpatine was behind both the Clone Army and the Droid Army. There's no reason to not believe, or at least just kind of humor the premise that he would still have those facilities as part of a failsafe if he were to fall out of power. Well, that. See, this is going, I don't know, because Operation Cinder was such a weird thing, and it's like, it. this goes against it, but also plays into it, if that makes any sense. But the thing I keep telling myself is that I can't imagine J.J. Abrams looking at the comics of the last two to three years being like, oh, how does Operation Cinder fit into all this? J.J. Abrams is not reading ancillary media. I, I can't imagine J.J., like, again, J. again, I've said it numerous times on here. He's not going to pull inspiration from contemporary Star Wars creatives. I just, I can't see him doing that unless it's unintentional. I, I can't imagine. Like, I, I think if you were to tap JJ on the shoulder right now and be like, "Excuse me, Mister Abrams, um, what do you think of Operation Cinder in the comics?" and he'll probably just look at you and be like, "What?" I can't. I can't. I don't think he's that type of person. I. I it's kind of like. Like how Ryan Johnson posted that picture of the Jedi, oh god, the, the Jedi book from like 2011. It's now it's Legends. And yeah. Ryan Johnson was trying to defend his choices, like to do Luke as a Force projection. I can't imagine JJ reading like nerdy Star Wars books like that. I, he doesn't seem like that person. Again, that's my own like kind of like perspectives and opinions on the man, but I don't think he's that type of person. Same way like when he was doing Star Trek, he wasn't looking at like Star Trek the animated series and being like This oh, isn't Khan. We're not doing Khan. John Harrison. Then during the movie, I'm Khan. Ha-ha, yeah. Yeah. But that's that's my thing though. And and there's there's reasons why they did Benedict Cumberbatch Khan. But I don't know, Zinger. It's like, what do you think on that? Do you think JJ is somebody who actually is like, like, are we going to look back at the rise of Skywalker come December and be like, oh, look at how well this falls into other things of contemporary canon? Okay, so first, I just want to, I'm, I'm going to make my jokey stuff now. I'm going to try to just condense it into little time frames so that you can either skip it or Zach can really be upset when he's editing. Um, so. I just imagine J.J. Abrams sitting there and it's like they, someone asks him something and he has the box, like a box, once again, question mark covered box, and he opens it. But it, it opens differently every time, like once it's on a hinge where the top comes off. Another time it's like you got to open it like a regular box. And then, I, I don't know, it's just, it's just open, like the box never opens the same way twice. That's 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 a joke there. <laughs> and he opens it and there's like a light that comes out. You just hear, oh, and then he closes it. Every it's time, it's case in Pulp Fiction. It is, but it, but it makes a sound too when it's oh, open. Oh, okay. And it's it's like a, just a beam of light coming out. Just how much is open, and he closes it. Like someone asks him that question, he's like, "Operation Cinder, is that what's in here?" And he opens it, and it's just like, "Ah!" And he closes it. He's like, "No." No. Singer, look at Singer, look at it this way. <laughs> Sith troopers are red. Cinders are flames. Flames are red. Red Sith Stormtroopers. They were what? Their Operation Cinder. It's it's all connected. It's all connected. It's all connected. The box explodes. 
it's it's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. If the but box yeah. explodes, but somehow he has another one. But no, but I, okay. Getting back to this, the Sith stormtroopers, it's the idea of. I love how Zach asked for my thoughts, and then I make a joke, and we move on. Well, okay, well, okay. So this is the thing, though. Who do you think who commands the Sith stormtroopers, Zenger? I'm going with Palpatine. I'm going with these are Palpies. I'm going with um with with um I'm I I've got um I've got Granddaddy issues. Um, McGee finds them, or sorry, his his um his where where MacGuffins ourselves go out and find the MacGuffin themselves. And then come back, which it, I, I thought they said it was going to be Vader's body, but what, whatever. Anyways, um, they find it. He tries to command them, and they kind of listen to him. But then Palpy pops up, and he's like, hey, I'm back. And they're like, oh, our real master. Get away, loser. That's definitely what I subscribe to. I think what's going to happen is, is and there's a uh, lot. I think okay, go I, I got one more thing. And, of course, all of this is going to happen. And guess what? Someone's going to get to say again. Once, once he's been brought his army and everything's, you know, going according to. Zach, do I have to finish this? Yes. Everything's gone according to plan. I have foreseen it. Well, okay. I think you're on to something when it comes to who's going to rule the Sith Stormtroopers. Because that's what I've been thinking. There's been a lot of bickering about who's going to be the one that controls them. Because, like I've already said numerous times, all the rumors are pointing in the direction of Kylo Ren. They, they answer exclusively to Kylo Ren. Well, it's a red then, herring. Ah. See? Exactly. See, Zang, that one I can approve of. That, that horrible pun gets I my know. stamp of approval. Yes, it does. Uh, yeah, and I think that's what's going to happen is that because the rumors that the Knights of Ren come back from the unknown regions with information for Kylo Ren. Let's say because they're going to have to explain in this film why the Knights of Ren have been MIA for two movies, and I think the official explanation is they were sent out to the unknown regions to go look for something. I wouldn't be surprised. The very first scene of this film is that it's, I think about, it, we have the star Wars crawl, bum, 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 bum. It is the text rises past the screen and we see a ship because every shot has to be a space shot. We're going to see a ship fly. It's going to land in Kylo Ren star destroyer. Very similarly to how return of the Jedi begins with Vader's Imperial star destroyer landing on the second death star. And the Knights of Ren are going to get out and say, Master, or whatever, how they're going to address Kylo Ren. We have information. We have good news. Something, something, something's going to happen. But I guess the question is, how do the Sith Stormtroopers fit into the overall plot with, like, Rey, Finn, Poe, Leia, Chewbacca? That's the thing. We're, we're all so focused on... The bad guys, whether it be Palpatine, Kylo Ren, we're kind of losing sight of Rey and the protagonists in this. Because, like, what are Finn, Chewbacca, Poe, and Janna, and Daft Punk, Zan Wessel going to do? I, I'm glad you asked, because I know exactly what they're going to do. God, we're just going to sit here and wait for the bad guys to do something so we can respond to it. Just waiting. <laughs> no, I think they're, they're off... I, so that hasn't been alluded to that the whole Death Star scene is at the beginning. That's the weird thing with this movie is that outside of like the jungle planet that looks kind of like Yavin 4, not saying it is, but it kind of has like that same kind of like jungle vibe. 
um, nobody knows really what the unfolding of this movie is. Like in the sense of like beginning of the film is I don't know Jetta. Second act is Edu. Third act is Scarif. Jakku. Well, we know. Well, we don't know if Jakku's even in this. I want to put a put a um, guess out there that it will be. Okay. Because we also have because there's also rumors that you have the, the planet of Pascana, which is the one that we've seen in the trailer with Ray jumping over the Tie Fighter, and again, it's Finn a desert Co- planet. Another desert planet, and there's also rumors that Tatooine's in this. Another desert planet. I know. We really should go back to to Jeddah too while we're at it. Uh, well, what's left of it, you mean? Well, let's let's pour one out for Jeddah, folks. Yes. One thing that I do think I figured out, and we've kind of forgotten about this. Once Palpatine. Oh got my out God, there, dude! I just, I just had a revelation. Could they be going to the Death Star to get a Kyber crystal? For the lightsaber, maybe. I just for the of, for, for the lightsaber. Yeah, she's repairing. Oh, I don't know. She uh, that's that's an idea. That's interesting. Why would they be going to the? Well, remember? Okay, that's that's an idea. But the the rumor is that they're going there because of the MacGuffin is that one of the many MacGuffins of the film. I know. There. I just I just had that thought to where I'm like that could be. They have to go there to get a Kaiba crystal because well, they know that that is where you can find them easily because maybe everywhere else is maybe Kylo has everywhere else cut off from like not allowing them to get Kaiba crystals because he knows that if she can get a lightsaber again, then and she'll become unstoppable or some mcguffin But the question is uh, that like, again, we've, we've asked this numerous times already. And we're going to keep that, asking what, it until we get some damn answers. But what could be on the Death Star they need? Kyber crystals, yeah. Or, or they they know that he's after something, and they're like, "Well, maybe if we can find the emperor's plans in his chair." <laughs> yes, calling back to a previous statement I made, um, that that could be what they could be after. They could be after just some. Will like, it just be so, well? Okay, will it just be okay? That's my question, though. Is it like, will it be something like specific that Star Wars fans will know? Or is it going to be something that just, or is it going to be Jake Gyllenhaal in Spider-Man: Far From Home, where it's digitally grafted into into something prior? Is it going to be something like, oh, here's this thing that you never knew was on the Death Star that was important, but it was there because we're telling you now that it was there. They could have plans to stuff in the on the Death Star that just the, is that what could they, could there maybe be where the the lost fleet is. Could could the the plans to where the or the the map or the location of this lost Sith trooper fleet could that but be? Isn't it alluded to that this is supposed to be the first Death Star that they're going to? People are saying that, but there's nothing to back it up with. Okay, and that makes and it makes literally no sense for it to be the first Death Star, considering that the emp- the Emperor really had no direct. Uh, what we know now, or as of now, there's really no connection, physical connection between the Emperor. In the first Death Star. True. I know people are saying that though, but I've not seen, other than again, at the very best, conjecture being spin as insider information. I have not, I have not, I don't believe that personally. I guess we should say that too, folks. Like when Zenger, like it's a big, it's kind of like a thing I'm having a problem now with, with the professional Star Wars fandom. 
Um, without naming names, I do think there's a problem going on right now where a lot of people are doing what Zenger and I are doing, and they're spinning it as insider information instead of infer instead of saying they're inferring stuff and they're speculating out loud. They're saying, "Oh, it's kind of like imagine if back when the Last Jedi came out, and I guess the Kylo Ren Ray back to back thing, and I said, guys, I have an insider at Lucasfilm, and they told me that was going to happen.'" There's a lot of that going on. People are speculating and calling it insider information beyond Mike Zero. Um, again, I, that's just the vibe I'm getting. I can 100% tell you guys I have no insider information on any of this stuff. So if I get something right, it is because of one, I've either put pieces together and kind of figured it out, or two, I'm just dumb luck enough to get it. <laughs> well, and I, I mean think- dumb, dumb luck to get something right. Because... There's been like many an IQ episodes. Of Thirty luck. Yeah, because there's been many episodes of Zingness of this where I have made some very bold statements, like slack jawed yokel IQ. Yes, of of like level, and I've somehow gotten stuff right here and there, but never like perfectly. It's, it's always been vaguely close. Like saying that uh, Ray would have the exact same lightsaber and repair it because JJ is a. Uh, Emotion, uh, creatively bankrupt filmmaker. Wait, what? You, 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 you want me to go into a character or something in response to that? or Insert mystery box joke here. Uh, another mystery box joke. Um, I, I don't know. Spielberg being asked his opinion. Oh, but the guys were... Oh, Spielberg no, comes out of the mystery box. Get back in there, Steven. I, I have to get... Oh, I have to use I the have... bathroom. <laughs> I, I gotta get another Academy Award. I won one again. Wow, I, d- I did a good job, guys. They're reusing Princess Leia, I'm sorry, General Leia footage in this film. But how much? All a the stuff lot, they cut all the stuff well, the stuff they cut out out of the Force Awakens. And if everybody remembers, there was the, the, the subplot of the Warhammer. Princess Leia had a super weapon that was going to be used oh, to crack the shield of Starkiller Base. And now, if you think about that, if they have all that excised footage of Prince of, God darn it, General Leia wielding a massive space weapon, what could she be? If you're trying to create a story and a plot around that, what would you do to have the opposite side of that? You would have there be another Imperial Army or or Navy. And that's who Leia's going to fight with with the with the Warhammer. Uh, you're not wrong. But think of it though: they can't do another Star Killer base. They can't do another Death Star. So what's the next best thing? We have Leia's armada go up against Palpatine's new armada, and you have another Return of the Jedi level space battle. This time it's newer and better. I well, painted- no, it's not newer. I painted sick flames on it. It makes it go faster. Yes. But does that make sense, though, Zanger? They have to build a story around excise footage of Carrie Fisher. We know that there's excise footage of Carrie Fisher being in charge of a space weapon that was edited out of The Force Awakens. So how else would you sit there and work that footage in unless you create another space armada or space force for her to go against? Space Force. Um, 
So their way of topping, I, so it's going to be a three-way battle then at one point. How so? You're going to have, if we go by the theory, the, the theory that I think we've kind of both agreed on to an extent, of you have the First Order, the Resistance, and the Sith. I agree with that, at least at some level. I don't think we're going to get that as like an a, a, a three way space battle is going to be too confusing. Okay, now I want you to put. Uh, on no, no, no. I, I was gonna okay, say that okay. once it, that it is going to be too confusing. It, I, I think it's going to be interesting. It could be something that would be hard to follow, but it could be. I just uh, it, it would be just like it would be too confusing. I don't want to say that, but at the same time, well, it's it, not wrong. It, I'm like, I, I want him to do it because I want to try to follow it. But at the same time, a three-way battle in space, unless you had every one of the ships very distinctly colored for no apparent reason other than because we had to. But I do think to the point you were saying earlier, something's going to happen where the First Order and the Sith Empire, whatever you want to call it, Palpatine resurrected, is going to overlap. I'm back, bitches. <laughs> They're going to sit there, unite forces, and it's going to be the First Order in the Sith Empire versus the Resistance. Because I have a theory that we, again, just just putting it out there, is that I think we're going to have a moment in this. We're going to have every single previous Star Wars character, kind of like what happens at the end of Avengers Endgame, where you have a bunch of portals open up and everybody comes, all the familiar characters come walking through them. Except this time, instead of it being portals, you're going to have all the different factions come out of light speed. Think of again what happened in Rogue One, where they all come out of light speed, and you have this is Admiral Radis of, of the of the of the of the of the oh my lord, the rebellion. It's like all all squadrons call in. This is blue leader standing by. This is red leader standing by. This is gold leader standing by. And what if they do that and we see all these different things? Like, let's say you have and I, wedge. Sure, I wouldn't be surprised if we see red. That'd be a perfect spot for wedge. And we, yeah. like, let's like even for the for the record, we could even sit there seeing older Kira. Like we don't know that she's dead. She could be in charge of something else. We could see. We could think about this, folks. Considering that every single Hollywood movie now, and not to bring it back to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but even freaking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has a Captain America picking up Thor's hammer moment, where the audience just applauds and guffaws because it's built into the script. And I know I've said it before that having Luke Skywalker pick up the lightsaber is going to be that moment. But what if they had a moment in The Rise of Skywalker where you have all these ships pouring out light speed and you have... Uh, you have, oh god, let's say Just for example, um, you have Kira shows up, this is Crimson Dawn Here for the, the Resistance We have we have a Chiss show up This is the Chiss Ascendancy here for the Resistance And you have all these different just Things that Star Wars fans will recognize And I'm just picking out those Because those are the first ones that come to my mind But you have all these factions just show up at light speed Like the end of Avengers Endgame you're going to have all of Star Wars, all the good guys, or all these different factions that we've seen over the last 40 years be on the good guy side. And we're going to have a First Order and Palpatine's thing or faction fight against each other. We're going to have all the good guys versus the, the new and the old bad guys. And while this is all going on, 
Ray and Kylo Ren are fighting Palpatine. Or if it's Palpatine or if it's Matt Smith possessed Palpatine, whatever. Does that does that make sense to you, Zenger, or am I just rambling like a madman? It makes sense. And I'm just gonna say yes, you are rambling like a madman because I good, only good. get so many opportunities to to have you let me confirm that. But but I like I said, I I'm I'm my vote is for a three way fight, however it is, but I I do also contend that it would be way too freaking confusing. So we'll see what happens. Um, I did notice something odd on these Sith troopers, though. Why do they have body cams? <laughs> you mean they're on their right shoulder? Yeah. <laughs> you know the Sith the Sith trooper force has had a lot of complaints. I because I was I was looking at it because I got a different image and I'm like, wait a second, because I saw that was something in the background of the previous image. I'm like. They randomly have shoulder cameras. <laughs> even more droid photo, even more droid evidence, because the blaster sort of looks like the droid blaster too, to an extent. Well, the, well, if you look at the the Sith trooper Hasbro toy, it comes with a lot of like weapons that aren't exactly standard issue for stormtroopers. Interesting. That's the thing that's fascinating about this because, like, like we, we've talked about it a couple times, but look at all the groundwork that this film has to do. Because we also have Daft Puck Zam Wessel in this. We have the giant yellow booger monster Claude. We have, we have, oh God, the Force Ghost stuff. We have the Kylo Ren Knights of Ren stuff that's going on. We have Ray coming to terms with. Think about it. Ray's the protagonist of this. Yeah, she hasn't factored into any of this discussion at all. She she has to complete her training? Question mark. Well, they already said. Well, not they. the The official rumor, pardon the oxymoron, is that Ray is infinitely more powerful than she was in the Last Jedi. How? Well, well, it doesn't reasons. matter. It doesn't matter. It's kind of like Luke between Empire and Jedi. It doesn't matter. She's more powerful. Whatever. I don't care. Ooh, so she's um, gonna wear a dark suit and choke people and be like, "I'm kind of a Sith now." No, she's wearing all right. She's wearing all white, Sanger. Oh. Okay. <laughs> are they just going to be lackey? Okay, I guess is the final question: is that are they going to be Death Troopers slash Praetorian Guards, or are they going to be like Emperor's Royal Guards? Are they just going to be fodder, like in the sense of just like for cool action sequences, or are they going to have like an important plot element, like the clones and Attack of the Clones? They're just stormtroopers that can actually shoot straight. That that's never going to happen, and it's going to happen. And someone's going to be like, "Oh my gosh, these guys are actually accurate." Everyone, run! Remember, remember back when the Death Troopers came out? That's how they tried to like sell the Death Troopers. They're like, "Oh, they're like Stormtroopers." They but actually confident. hit their target. Yeah, and you watch like Rogue One, and like there's a blind man just like wandering, like aimlessly wandering across a battlefield. And there's six of them trying to shoot because him because the Force every- was protecting him. I told you, we made that joke once that, like, can you imagine being those death troops? You're shooting at a blind man and you can't make that shot. Like, like something just keeps happening. Like, like the sun gets in your eyes somehow. And, and, and it's like, oh, I got sand in my visor. How? This thing's vacuum sealed. The force. I'm with the force. The force is with me. Yes, exactly. Also, um, I I love the joke. I'm pretty sure this was posted on our thing where it's like, um, it was the thing about that, that crazy old man 
referring to Ben Kenobi. He's like, only storm, only Imperial stormtroopers could be so accurate. Yes. Check meme about, yeah. There, there, there was some meme revolving around that, and I thought it was funny. So I'm like, oh my gosh, no one's ever said stormtroopers and accuracy in the same sentence. Zanger. Yes. Answer the question. What level of importance do you think the Sith troopers are going to have to the plot? Um, as I said earlier, I believe that they're going to have an importance as in themselves being like a MacGuffin of, of sorts, but they're going to be more important as like just another army to throw at so they're get, other they're armies. Be, they're going to be more than eye candy. They're going to be more like a clone trooper where it's like, okay, they're going to play a, a major part in the story. A step above death trooper. That That's not saying much. I mean, they were in the movie. You could have very easily making them regular stormtroopers, and it wouldn't have made one lick of difference in that film. Oh, that's why. That's why I said exactly why I said they're going to be a step above it to where I think they're going to be more relevant than that. Okay, not by much, but more relevant. All right. Well, <laughs> but yeah, Sith troopers, folks. They're red stormtroopers with clone trooper phase two esque helmets, and they could be robots. Could be. That'd be interesting. Well, I guess I, the qu- I guess another question is that: Do you think they're going to be robots, or do you think? Or, okay, we have three choices. That I could get behind. That would be that'd be fun. But are they going to be, like you said, droids, clones, or just regular humans? I, they can't be regular humans, right? They'd be dead. Go with no. I'm going to go with like they're in stasis. Is stasis a thing in Star Wars? I think it is, but it's not used often. There we go. They've been in stasis, floating. That's it. Oh. Waiting. Now that's it. Okay. All right. Zegger, you might be on to something there. You're welcome. Hmm. Good point. That's a good point. See, but that's the thing. I'm like, they seem to be more, a little bit more advanced than Imperial errors. So that's why I'm like, how have they been around? Or unless this was just like, really? Just... Uh, I like I like the Operation Cinder thing though. That they're connected to that somehow because Cinder Red Red uh, yeah. Are we going to okay? I guess it's a question too. Are we going when they make this film? And this goes back to the very first question. I guess this may be a good way to end this episode on. Is that are they going to try to kind of wrap everything up into like one story point? Like whereas Ray, like think about obviously Palpatine's behind all of this. Whether again and like we've kind of discussed in the past how far he's involved with it is always going to be a giant question mark but are they going to tie in palpatine being resurrected him having this army that's waiting for him to come back and ray being marooned on jakku all being tied are they going to connect all those plot threads together by the end like are they going to say because there's a rumor going around that daft punk zam wessel is the one that is doing something for the Imperial Remnant, something, something Ray. She sees how horrible Ray is being treated or what fate is going to befall Ray. She leaves her on Jakku, her being Ray. And then, like, I don't know, are they going to try to tie all oh, those things together? Right. We're supposed to get something to where we were going to finally get the explanation for. Ray's parents. Well, I don't want to say parents. I think lineage. I think people keep throwing the word parents around. I think it's kind of a misnomer. Lineage. Because yeah. mm. parents makes it sound like, okay, there was a mommy and a daddy, and they had fun one night. I don't think Ray's lineage is going to be that clean cut like Luke and Leia's is. It's like, okay, 
Anakin and Padme love each other. What happens when two adults love each other very much? I don't think one of them goes and kills a ton of children and becomes evil emperor, evil space wizard emperor's assistant. And then mommy loses the will to live. (laughs) Man, I can't wait to go to grade schools and explain this, explain stuff that way to kids. Zanger, we need to create like a children's book on like romance in the Star Wars universe. It's going to be dark. Oh, dear, because are we going to have a scene in this like Luke at the end or not? Okay, are we going to have a scene in this like Obi Wan and Luke on Dagobah, where Force Ghost Luke explains Ray's involvement with this with this series? Oh, please let with us a, have this with a please. from a certain point of view speech. Perfect, and he stares straight into the camera and takes up twenty minutes of our viewing time. And for some reason on the Blu-ray, you can't skip it. <laughs> but you can't skip it in the theater by just walking out. <laughs> no, you walk back in and somehow it's still the same. Like, it's like, I left for 20 minutes. It's still there. But, in all, but in all seriousness, though, Zanger, do you think that's something they're going to Is there going to be a moment where this, where it's going to be like an exposition dump? <sighs> There's going to be a lot of them then. And I know people hate that in movies. Me being but, one of them. But that's the problem, though, is that like you and I, and as crazy as this may sound, are somewhat like educated on the rules of cinema and know that like having the movie like stop dead in its tracks and explain everything to your audience is not good storytelling. No, but, it's not. But to the people who are screaming, I wanted The Last Jedi to be a one-to-one remake. Of the Empire Strikes Back with Luke riding on Rey's back as she flips around and goes into a cave and cuts off Kylo Ren's head and sees her face in the helmet when it explodes. Those people want that. They want the cookie cutter storytelling. They don't want any level of elevation to their Star Wars films. That's the problem, too, is that, like, whereas Ryan Johnson, whether intentionally or not, did that. J.J. Abrams is not that filmmaker. He wants to give the audience the just most stripped-down, bare-bones, efficient storytelling without any creative flair or dramatic flair or screenwriting flair. And considering that the co-writer of Justice League is working on this, I'm inclined to believe that it's going to be the stripped-down version. But definitely, definitely lens flair. That's so played out at this point as a joke with him. I, it is, but but I'm sorry, you set me up for it. I had no choice. I guess another question too is that who's he trying to impress? Who's he trying? Who's he, Who's JJ trying to make this movie for? Is he fan? making? Okay, but who's the fans though? I, we, we should go find some. Like, oh, I, but that's the question though. So like, I, and again, this is a very, very incendiary question and topic though. But who's the Star Wars fandom to J.J. Abrams? Is it the people who live on social media? Are, are they are they the are the fans the professional Star Wars fans the ones that sit there have half a million YouTube subscribers? Are the fans the ones that go to the movie that think about the movie twice a year when they buy their ticket and when they walk out of the theater? Or are they the fans the ones that just buy a Star Wars T-shirt and Funko Pop and wear it? On casual Friday and put the Funko Pop on their desk. That's the question. Is there at multiple Funko Pops? No, that wasn't. 
Well, I have I have a crate Luke Skywalker Funko Pop on my desk right now. I'm looking at it. It's the idea of like who is the Star Wars fan and who is Disney trying to win with this movie? Like that's the, the money. Well, well, duh, <laughs> duh. That's that's the that's the easiest answer of all. Who these. has the money though? That's the weird thing though with Star Wars is that like the loudest part of the fandom is the disgruntled fans. And they're not the ones that make the that help make these films make a billion dollars. They're not. Contrary to what they might think. Like I, I think I mentioned it on Zeng Lin, well, the last episode of Zeng Lin I was on. There you go. <laughs> is that I think I talked about I have a family member who's 13 years old, is not a Marvel fan, MCU fan, yet saw Spider-Man Far From Home three times in theaters this last month solely because it was just the thing all of her friends were going to see. That's the sort of thing that that not that it worries me, but kind of I, I'm I'm curious about is that who are Star who does Disney think are Star Wars fans? The people who go to the um Galaxy's Edge theme park. Well, I don't think well So nobody. But, We'll get into we'll get into that eventually. One day, one day, we'll get into that. We'll record but, live from there because I'm pretty sure they'll just be happy to have that's anyone. Not, in that's it. not true. That's the, the fact that Galaxy's Edge is a failure is a lie. But the question though is that like it's just a fun joke. Yes, exactly. Is that looking at Galaxy's Edge? Galaxy's Edge has no original trilogy iconography in it for the most part. So clearly Disney is making these films, making these properties for people who are not diehard fans. They're not making them from people that are entrenched in either the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy. They're making them for the new era of Star Wars fans. And I think that's what's interesting about this is that going back to, again, the original question of this entire episode is, what is the sequel trilogy about? And the answer to that is, Unfortunately, it, you have to answer that question with another question. It's whoever Disney thinks are Star Wars fans. And we're not going to have an answer to that question at the earliest until The Rise of Skywalker comes out, unfortunately. And at the same time, we might not even have a further clear definitive answer to that question until maybe 10 years from now when we can look back at this entire time frame in retrospect with 2020 vision. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be a fun. It's gonna be, a, folks. During those three years with no Star Wars film, there's gonna be so much philosophical dissection of these films. You're oh. gonna want. You're you're gonna want to do. You're gonna want hide in the mystery box for three years not to listen to this podcast. You oh, two will. Um, you two will walk out of the Knights of Vader podcast for not just twenty minutes for like twenty hours, and we'll still be talking about philosophical Star Wars nonsense. I, I was laughing about the 2020 vision um, because next year's 2020. So I'm like just. That joke will get old within the first oh. week next oh. year. Oh, man, folks. Zanger, Zanger saw the, the low-hanging fruit. He's like, Zach, pick it up, pick it up. And, I and, and what did Zach do? Oh, I stepped on it. It got everywhere. Uh, what do I do? Right. Ugh, I'm horrible. All right, Zanger, with that being said, anything else about uh, Sith Troopers, Rise of Skywalker you'd like to throw out there? I've, I've got nothing right now. The visual dictionary thing revealed doesn't really give us much. Hmm. No, like that that's that's the thing we are well it does we're seriously it show- grabbing at straws here people no i think it does because it does show that tie dagger with the red tinged wings i think that's telling think about it we have red sith troopers a red imperial star destroyer and we have red tinged tie fighters zach can i remind you of something real quick what 
Remember the tie silencer? Remember yeah, how much that was, role that played? Yeah, yeah, no, no, okay, I'm not talking about like integral to the plot. I mean just like using it to infer upon larger things. Oh crap! Wait, the tie silencer's in this new movie. Oh, no, well it's played. It's different. It's a little. It's it's, it's a different. It's it's similar but not identical. Oh okay, that was a close one. And again, we'll, we'll we'll do another episode on this. Like this episode's probably gonna be retitled to something along the lines of like Sith Trooper, because this was this was more about Sith Troopers than it was predicting the plot of the Rise of Skywalker. Well, because it's it's I mean we we don't really have much more to go on yet. I'm thinking we're gonna have to wait for another trailer if we're lucky. No, I th- I think there's other things we could delve into because we we didn't even get to talk about the um the Google Doc thing. That oh yeah, we made. did not. That, yeah. that 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 could be its whole own thing, though. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. We'll probably that episode that I'll bring time. on the 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 crack team of researchers. All right. And Zach will just love that episode. Oh, I can. He's already begging us to record it right now. I'm gonna have a, you know what, folks? I'm gonna have like a little like buzzer button that every time Zanger brings makes a joke, I'm gonna shock him. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I'm, I'm gonna work an immunity to it. <laughs> Let's hope so for your sake. The rate you're going. <laughs> You know, I'm pretty sure you're going to need a few car batteries <laughs> At least a few Good thing Duralast It's built to last <laughs> Oh that one burned out already We're already five minutes in Oh jeez Alright so concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader A Star Wars podcast Check out our Facebook group Type in Knights of Vader on the Facebook And you'll find us waiting there for you Find us on Instagram at KOV Podcast And send us an email KOVpodcast at gmail.com Good old Gus is sending us emails all the time. Gus, thank you for sending us emails. I apologize to not getting back to you sooner. But, hey, you get a shout-out on the podcast. Congrats. There you go. And also, thank you for wishing Ellie a happy birthday. Yes, she appreciated it. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Thank you to Anna's Superiority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter, at Cinemodies. And come hear me on the Cinemodies podcast. Where we're discussing 2000s-era Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network commercials. A nice little break. Palette cleanser from the sketch comedy fort month of Cinemodies. I don't need a palette cleanser. I need more. <laughs> Just wait until next week when we talk about Wonder Shows and... Uh, Do you know Wonder Shows and Zenger? I know of it. It's a masterpiece. That's a word. It's a masterpiece of insanity. We'll, we'll insert a clip of Wonder Shows and right now, just for giggles. Oh, hey kids! Today we're learning about burial at sea. Yay! Our friend him is gonna dump his dead dad's ashes into the ocean. Yay! Okay, him. Make your peace. Me sad to say goodbye to me dad. Dad, when me had you cremated, me didn't know it would kill you. Dump those ashes. I'm sick of this. Nothing's coming out of there, you meat-faced cretin. There's something stuck up your urn hole. It must be your father's last wish. Looks like a treasure map. According to this, if we follow this map, We'll find a crystal chalice of pure liquid imagination. A chalice of pure liquid imagination! You know how much money the corrupt U.S. Army would pay for something like that? Like, $500! 
be rich. Chicken rich. Ah, but imagination can be dangerous. But danger can be fun. <laughs> Mr. Johnson, you crazy. And Zenger, when you're not making ill-timed jokes on this podcast, where can people find you? Well, since I'm the Robert Downey Jr. of this podcast, I'm the Robert Downey Jr. of my own podcast, Zingness? You're the Gwyneth Paltrow of Zingness, Zenger. Don't, don't, I'm, don't inflate I'm yourself. I'm there and I forget I was in movies with people. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. And you show up in your own armor at the end of the last episode of Zingness. Every time, right? I think so. Yes. Uh, you can find Zingness. It is a weekly diatribe into something nerdy <laughs> of some topic. <laughs> That might have Star Wars related stuff to it every now and then. Are you doing okay? I love that as a description to say this. A weekly diatribe into something nerdy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's... If that's not the description on iTunes and you're not doing saying this justice. I will, I will work on changing that soon then. You heard it here first, folks. A diatribe into something nerdy. Yes, um, and uh, I don't know when Zach's putting out this episode, but... Tomorrow, uh, uh, Thursday, two days uh, from now. Oh, heck yeah, then guess what? Um, that same day, you can listen to us discuss Futurama for the first time. Like, a full episode discussing Futurama. Cool. I look forward I'm, to I'm, listening to it. I'm excited about it, because I doubt it will be the last time we discuss it, and um, I'm excited that I'm going to devote a whole episode to it, because it is, hands down, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Cool beans. From beginning to end, not one that I like, only like certain bits of it. Gotcha. Alrighty, folks. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always, remember Alderaan. Remember Jekku? No. Oh, wait. Remember Jetta. Remember Jetta. For Jetta. There we go. Remember Scarif. There should be an in memoriam for Star Wars planets. (laughs) There should be. So many.